This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Do you get interviewed a lot? Have you made great points and then fucked it all up? That's why I wrote this book. Learning when to shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up! Most people are frauds, but nobody will know if you time your shut the fuck upping just right. Here's an example. Well, I hope the new Tool record comes out this year, but it's cool. If not, I'll just listen to Pussifer. Shut the fuck up! And here's the same conversation after reading my book. I hope the new Tool record comes out this year. Bravo! See the difference? Don't say stupid shit anymore. Here's comedian Brandon Hahn before reading my book. What was the goat doing? Was it was it getting some dick? Shut the fuck up! And after. I do love videos of goats, though. Shut the fuck up! Well, he should read it again. Learning when to shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Available on the dark net. This is the Metal Sucks Podcast with your host, Brandon Hahn and Petter Spych. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Gotta turn the mics on. What's going on, guys? It's the Metal Sucks Podcast back again. On your, I'm your host, Brandon Gooch. Han. I'm always joined by my other host. Pet the Spice. Well, it's not my other host. It's just the other host. You do that every fucking yeah, show. Yeah, I do it. I do it. I just sh- say I'm joined by, brother. I show, I show, I show like I'm I know that here. shut the fuck up bit kind of well, yeah. threw you off a little well, bit. Well, because first off, first off, <laughs> first off, fuck you if you don't like goats. Like, I mean, honestly, dude, I, I'll spend No, it was hours. your phrasing. Was your I phrasing. will watch hours of goat videos. They're hilarious, especially the ones that faint. Dude, they make me laugh. I'm going to take what you just said next week and do Go the ahead. same bit again. Go ahead. And, I'll, <laughs> and, I, and I will say, I don't care how you take that out of context. I don't care how you take that. Unless it's something like, you know, Brandon likes to fuck things. I like goats. You know what I mean? And it's oh, like, yeah, yeah don't yeah. It together like yeah. that. Are you gonna are you gonna be shitty like that? Is that pretty much hundred percent I would do that. Right That's on. an absolute thing I would do. I don't blame you. Anything for a laugh, bro. I know. Comedy's hard. Yeah, and it's you're, not easy. And you are a sellout. And I will sell. <laughs> you will sell the fuck out. <laughs> for a joke. Yeah, I yeah. guess so. So the reason we uh we started uh the show with that. Sorry about that. I got some sniffles. Yeah. Did right. you hear that? Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. So yeah. did the audience. So did the thousands of people that are listening. It's, they it's heard gonna, they it, heard your lungs just getting bombarded with snot. It might it might keep happening. So the reason that bit was even not written lungs, throat was uh, one of the big stories. The main story to us this week was uh, Opeth. She uh, she did the, the Josta podcast. Where if you guys don't listen to that, you can go to gasdigitalnetwork.com and subscribe to it. Um, but she did the Josta podcast, and she um, she had some great points in this interview about Filibante. You know, using the uh, derogatory slur. The Filamante from All That Remains. All That Remains, yeah. And um, how it's a bully tactic and how, um, you know, it hurts people's feelings and people will kill themselves over that. A lot of good points she made, right? And then as the interview progressed, she became a bully herself. Well, what ends up happening is it's almost like uh, it's it's just like what was that one movie where it's like, you know, uh, you fight. It's like in Batman. Remember uh, The Dark Knight? Yes. When, when he says that line, it's something like, uh, you know. You could fight the you 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 die a hero or you live long enough to become the villain. Yeah, and that's pretty much what happens. Like like when you're angry, like your your cause sounds just, but then all of a sudden the anger takes over. Yeah, and then you I, jump I, ship. I you know it's funny you say that. I, I always say that when I'm talking to people. When yeah, I'm like if you're in the center and you're like uh, extreme left or extreme right, and you let anger decide most of your decisions, eventually that comes out and you sound dumb, even though your point's good, right? Dude, I I can't begin to tell the people. Like, okay, Pete knows me on a very—he's he's my best friend. I've known him forever, okay? And uh, there are times where I'll come out on the show and say, guys, don't let your anger get get the best of you. And, and then, then and then all of a sudden something will happen, like, politically charged, and I'm like, someone's got a bird. And Pete's like, you don't mean that. You yeah, don't, calm down. You don't want to set people on fire. fire. <laughs> and I'm like, but these people, they're fascists. They're evil. And he's like, yeah, look, they're just misguided. <laughs> and so when, when your anger doesn't get in the way, you have smart, intelligent points. Right. And then you're— your anger gets to, I say something you don't like about religion, and you're like, they need to burn. And I felt that's what Otep did in this interview. Well, it's not necessarily about religion. Well, no, that was just an example. I'm just saying it's not like necessarily the, about religion. Yeah, but my I'm point talking is, about the extreme people, like yes. when the extremists, like when you got the the the, the Westboro Baptist Church. Yes. You know, like you wouldn't, you wouldn't, even though, like I said, they're ignorant to most of the world for sure right or most of the you know american oh, culture they're very ignorant i don't think anybody's gonna uh, uh, put an actual blowtorch to them and watch no, them no. Burn. that's and that's what i mean the anger makes I mean, you say as, that as great as it would be though 
Like, oh God, I would uh, be I would be thrilled if someone did it, but I condemn the action. Like, I don't think you should ever do something like that, but Someone did take a blowtorch. I understand what you're saying. The Westboro we're not, we're not, we're not promoting anything like that. But the point is, is that your anger will make you say such dumb things. Don't and extrapolate my slurping, motherfucker. <laughs> yes, and your anger will make you uh, say things that negate your very intelligent and good points. And dude, if anybody goes back and listens to the the, the show, is posted the Justice Show on the uh, MetalSucks.net uh, on the thing. If you listen to her points. At the beginning of this article, before she gets, I think, a little too cocky, you know, or I don't know where the, the intelligence level dropped when she got tough girl. I wouldn't girl. say intelligence level. I just think She that, is intelligent, but, but she put, always gets tough girl. Because what ends up happening is, is you end up becoming, uh, you're just passionate. You're a passionate person. I'm not going to call her, uh, I'm not going to say she's not intelligent. No, no, I didn't say but she, I said she angry, was intelligent. But when you, get, when you get over the top passionate about certain things, sometimes you say, Sometimes the message comes out wrong. And, and if, if you guys haven't read the article, the, the people that she directly bullies is the butcher babies. And now she says a lot of derogatory comments. We're going to play a clip in a minute uh, about them uh, and from personal experiences. But as a music listener, I imagine that if someone has OTEP on their uh, music playlist, it's very likely they'll have the butcher babies. These people are very much in the realm of the same genre. So if, if one person says that band sucks and the other person says that band sucks when they sound, you know, in the same genre, that's where it gets weird to me, too. You know, it's not like they're complete opposites. Does that make sense? I got it. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? So anyways, um, like I said, she said some great points. Listen to the interview, but we're going to focus on what she has to say about the Butcher Babies. And as far uh, as other rock beasts, um, uh, there's a band that's uh, headed. It's a little tiny band that's fronted by a couple of fucking moronic bimbos. That uh, uh, one of them, if I see her, I'm gonna give her the option of like, do you want do you want your jaw broken or your ribs broken? Just let me know which one of your sugar daddy can fix. Easy. Okay, what's up now? If you heard right there what she said, she goes a little band, a band that's not that big. Again, they're on the equal level. I don't think Otep's more popular than the Butcher Butcher Babies. You know. She, she's got, a new metal lifer. She's been there for 15 years. She's got seniority. But as far as filling a room, same thing. The next thing she said, that's where the bully ignorance comes in. The tough girl. She's like, first off, she says, as you heard, would you like me to break your ribs or break your nose? Just get violent with people. Right. right? Okay, yeah. Like, those are your two options. Like, that's how humanity should, you know conduct itself i guess let right. me give you some options brandon i'm gonna break your arm or break your leg but you're not walking away from here that's not how i'd probably go with my arm i would too i you mean know? and then and then she she jumps then it would on be it. hard to sleep if you got your arm broken so maybe your leg like, broken be easy to sleep if you lift it up i don't know i don't know either so anyway so so the, then she goes to that level now and then she says her sugar daddy which she's saying she's talking about heidi from the butcher babies so um and no, we, she, had, it's, she ends up pointing it out. Yeah, she'll point it out in a second. So we'll play a little bit more. Go ahead. Easier. So um, who's the girl? You can't say? or I, I, You care if I say? <laughs> oh, it's, fuck, it's the Butcher Babies. I hate them fucking. Whoa! I hate those I, all right, so there's... there's Whoa, listen to Josta. Whoa, well, I'll tell you why. And, and, and as you play more, he says it, but I've interviewed the Butcher Babies. You've interviewed the Butcher Babies. Yeah. We've both interviewed Heidi. She's, she's the nicest yeah. fucking person. She's all excited to do the interview. She'll answer any fucking questions. Like, she's really just uh, a kind of, like, fun, positive person. So it's funny that she goes after Heidi, you know? Right. I don't know why, but, like, Carla seems like she might have a little bit of bite to her, right? But not Heidi. She seems very happy all the time. So go ahead. And Heidi can fucking suck a fart out of my ass. That wow, that's that that's hate right there. I could just imagine <laughs> her hitting her asshole like a vape, like a vape pen. That's prison rape. Yeah, I mean, like, she she she's wow. going there, and that, that is hate. Right? Yeah. So exactly. You better you better exhale that fart. <laughs> I'll Heidi's tell you, like a nice girl. Oh, fuck that bitch, man. She called me a cunt on YouTube, and I was I was nice to them. Now. I looked for this video on YouTube. If you guys can find this video where Heidi calls her a cunt on YouTube, post it in the comments. I have it. You have the video? Well, actually, well, because there is a song that the Butcher Babies wrote no, about. Uh, yeah, w no, they talk about that. But I'm talking about uh, the specific YouTube video where Heidi's like, Otep is a cunt. I was looking for it. Oh, I, I haven't seen it. I couldn't find it. So that's another thing. If anybody knows of this video, send it on over to us. So um, Because I want proof. I want proof for this anger because it just makes Otep look more bitter. And, and well, the butcher over babies could have easily just taken that 
I'm video down. Yeah. You're completely right. So, here keep, we go. Keep going. I'll tell you something. I took them out. I took them out as my direct support, and they weren't even signed. I did that as a favor. The reason why they got so mad at me is because I wouldn't hang out and, and do blow with them after the show. I wouldn't come and go do cocaine. I don't do drugs. I don't do drugs. I don't. I, I know I'm not sober because I had a problem. I just don't like drugs. I don't like the way they make me feel. Oh, man. That's, I swear to God. You know, if you don't do drugs, you are a cunt. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's just. What? <laughs> sorry. They're just going off on you next. <laughs> Dude, seriously, that chick would beat the fuck out of both of us. Probably. Dude. It would be like some Xena Warrior Princess type shit. No, I'm, not, I mean? I'm not saying Otep wouldn't kick my ass. The point is, is, is well, we wouldn't fight her. Well. Ever, you know. No. I, wouldn't, I mean, we would just take the hits, and those hits would be hard. They would but, be hard. But you see how she just kind of goes out. And, I mean, she just smear campaigns them girls. Like, you're cokeheads. They're right. bimbos. And, dude, that's like I said, earlier on in the interview, intelligent. Well, here's, Smart. here's some more. Here's passionate more. about what she's talking about. Yeah, and then it, part, and then it comes just, to this. Yeah. Well, yeah. here's here's some more part where it's just like you could kind of tell that the, the the passion just got it just took her over. I don't drink because I just don't really like the way it makes me feel. I'll have an occasional cocktail if it's celebratory. But they got so mad that I wouldn't fucking like hang out and do drugs with them and like party with them every night. I'm like, dude, I got a show tomorrow. You guys should be paying attention too because you sound like fucking like shit every night. You look like shit. You should be taking care. Of, you should make some. Damn right! Like, like, dude. I mean, it, the venom is just yeah. too much. But you know what, though? But you know what, though? I will tell you, though. That She's I, held this in since they weren't signed. So we're going back. Butcher Babies have been signed for at least five years. Right. We're going back six years of venom. Right. Well, I will tell you this, though. Like, there are there is nothing that enrages me more than when I extend the olive branch and I help someone out. And, and I, they call you a cunt. Then later on, they end up calling me a cunt. And then I'm just like, you know, all right. You know what I mean? Jar ribs. You know what I mean? Jar like, ribs. that's what I say. <laughs> so you under, I figured you would relate to this. Exactly. <laughs> I either rip your dick off or I put something in your ass. One or the other. That's what I give them, the options. I'll use what you just said yeah. later in a bit for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Apple juice or something. Take care of yourself. Like, don't. And wow, then, they've always been so, then so she goes sweet on, and Well, nice that's her gig, me. though, dude. And then she's, you know, and then it turns out that, like, you know, she's got some fucking, like, grandpa lawyer, some that's like some high-powered lawyer in Los Angeles who pays for all her plastic surgery and shit like that. And so she, she they went on YouTube. Allegedly. Penis. Look, yeah, I like how I like how Jossa did jump in there and say allegedly. Because obviously, hey, obviously, he's friends with all these people. No, he he's dude. He's, he's uh, exactly. And but the point is, is that someone needed to stop her and be like, "Hey, you know, you're talking out of your ass. Yeah. You don't know." Obviously, this person well, that well to the, say she's got a sugar daddy. But I'm just saying though, I mean, it's like not only surgery. not only did this, that's a rumor not, no, at best. Not only did Otep help out Butcher Babies, uh-huh. but then the, and then Butcher Babies called her a cunt, and then and then Butcher Babies take it a step further and they wrote a song about her. Yeah, yeah. What was the name of the song? Dead poet. Dead poet. I, yeah. I actually got a clip of it right here. Shut the fuck up. You're a fucking cunt. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. I never heard them in You're tune like this. Cunt, suck my dick. <laughs> pretty much. It's not a butcher baby. What? what are you talking about? It's fucking, dude, close your eyes. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I mean, Sounds a little bit like Igniter. I, yeah. I hear you. How is that not? Yeah. <laughs> So well done, <laughs> but um, so it, it, dude, it, it just it just sucks because, like I said, there's people nothing like Ope- Otep. Ooh, I said Otep. My bad. People like Otep that, like I said, are intelligent and they can't shut the fuck up when it's like when it gets to a point of like, hey, this isn't gonna sound good. This is gonna hurt your brand. This is gonna do. And it might not even hurt her brand because that might be her brand. But that's how what she was talking about, Phil Labonte, from all that remains. Hey, you using that homophobic slur, and then your defense being like, "Well, it's just a word. Get over it," or whatever the case. It's not only ignorant, dude. You don't respect your fans, your people, anybody, you know, around you. You're being a bully. Yada yada yada. And then, and then she wants, and to she fight. goes back yeah. in the hypocrisy. Somebody who right she away. can easily beat the shit out of. Yeah, I, I have no doubt that Otep can take out Heidi pretty easily. But the threats of knowing you can do that—that's what I'm saying. If, well, there's if, something if, about if, uh, there, there's something about like a grown up, like in their 30s, yeah, like trying to fight someone. It's like they're they're only like they're, they're you have to be like Triple H to be able to talk shit and then have people take you seriously. Yeah, you know it, what I mean. It's just. Or, or you got to be in the, uh, the UFC or something. If Anthony Joshua wants to, I'm a boxing guy, so I'm always going to use ba- boxing references. I, uh, but Shut if, the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> if, 
Anthony Joshua, Vladimir Klitschko want to say they can break my arms and legs. They very much could, but they're being bullies. Right. Okay. I'm a little dude. You guys are six, seven, 300 pounds and professional boxers, right? That's where it comes into play where I'm like, dude, why? Why? Anyways. Um, but yeah, dude. So I just wish like somebody, this is she, people idolize OTEP. You know, she's a, she's a big deal to, to certain people. It's like, I wish idols would, would kind of lessen would that anger. Shit. So in other words, what you're saying is, is like, you know, people, I don't, people I don't idolize, idolize people idolize them. But what you're saying is, is like when you say something, obviously that can send shockwaves through the fan base. You know what I mean? Like, and then, and then who knows what happens? Well, they'll what protect happens? her, but, yeah, but, but what, what, what about the butcher babe? Right. Yeah. But what happens is, is all of a sudden that fandom can lead to somebody hurting Heidi. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's and my that's whole point. It's not good. Like if, if there is a, uh, an obsessed fan is like, Ooh, this is my enemy. You're right. That's exactly the point. That's what you're sending out there. Now, Otep's not saying that or promoting that, but we can read between the lines on that shit. You know, mm-hmm. so that's that's a, a big thing that when Dimebag got killed and Phil said some horrible shit in the in the press, there's no correlation to that. I think for most people, however, you can put it together. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And so then, yeah. So moving on, uh, shut and the fuck Phil, up. And then Phil eventually said this. This is why do you have that clip? What? It's there. It's in front of me. It's called a soundboard. We're using. We're using. Hey, that's technology. our. That's our heavy metal president of 2017. We're using technology. I know. I know. That we're, was actually. That was 2014. Phil. Uh, yeah. That, that's, not, that's, that's not. That's not the current that's president. That's not the that's same not guy. The that's president. not the same metal president as 2017. Phil and Salma. So moving on to the next story, Devil Driver, uh, a band that I actually like a lot. Um, they are going to make an outlaw country covers album now shut the fuck up (laughs) (laughs) now covers album metal bands do this all the time yes of course there's a whole album yes a whole album metal bands do it all the time i mean but i don't think there's ever been one that's good it's usually it's always like the worst of the worst you know Hatebreed put out a decent one when he did for the Lions, but like the worst between the Barry to me did one years ago. It was horrendous. They covering Motley Crue and Soundgarden. That band's so talented. That covers album was just yikes, right? So to have a concept like an outlaw country covers album, this intrigues me a little bit. This might be okay, or it just might be awful. Well, it all depends too. I mean, Merle Haggard lyrics, Willie Nelson lyrics. I mean, or, you got Dave, or worse, what happens? David if it's Allen like, Coe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what happens if it goes to that guy and he's dropping n bombs every other you word? Can like, oh, him outlaw country. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I consider him a cousin fucker, is what I think. You know what I mean? But um, but it's like, but you know, I. It, but that's what I'm getting at. It's Johnny Cash is outlaw country. You're right. There could be some 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 interesting stuff on this record. So what I was wondering about: Do you think uh, having a concept to a cover, covers album is gonna make it more interesting or better or commercial is that what they're going for no nah, i don't think you can go well maybe you can reach that maybe you can reach that country audience well, I mean, but i don't i'm saying i don't is, think is like, so man all i'm saying I think is it's, it's and granted, this fans. is this is a horrible 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 like uh, comparison oh yeah but remember you're still gonna go through with it though yeah remember like limp biscuit remember the, how when they cover that bullshit uh i mean they were always bad, but I mean, remember when they covered George Michael? Uh, oh, Faith. Yeah, Faith. Yeah, yeah. That was that was, I think, the song that made them popular. Yeah, yeah. but that's what I'm saying. Like, what happens if they're if they cover something like uh, and they and they become like Alien Ant Farm? Yeah, is that, is that who did Smooth Criminal? Yeah, yeah, that's they, who, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Say, say, dude, it is a possibility. Always, if they cover a Johnny Cash song in a, in a good metal way, it might break through the masses. Maybe that's what they're going for. You know. But um, I think that's always I think that's an easy way to break through, though. Find a song that everybody likes, put your own spin on it, but still maintain the heart of the album. But my thing is, though, is country so basic. You know what I mean? Like, how do you have like a metal? What? what no, it's going to be curious to hear. Like, are they going to throw exactly. solos in there? Or well, that's what I'm getting right. at. Yeah, like yeah. with metal, it's it's a very complex. You know, like granted, yeah. I mean, you have you have your you know your your fucking hardcore bands, you know, where it's like, yeah. all right, it's not a lot. It's not very complex. But then again, though, I mean, you get, I think devil driver is a, like I said, I wouldn't call them a technical band, but they are very much, you know, they're, they're, they're a busy band when it yeah. comes to that stuff. They're not, they're not a new metal band. They're not like Cole chamber was or right. anything like that, you know, but, um, so they, they got some, they got some good licks in there. So it's going to be interesting, but I'll tell you right now, lyrically, Depending on the song he picks, they're probably going to be the best lyrics that are on a Devil Driver record. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, all right, shut up. Look, let's pause for a second and get a word from our sponsors. Hey, Chicago. (laughs) 
biggest rock festival is back. Chicago Open Air. Over 40 bands. Over three days. July 14th, 15th, and 16th. Toyota Park. Chicago Open Air. With Ozzy Osbourne. Mr. Crowley. Kiss. Chicago Open Air Festival with Godsmack, Rob Zombie, Corn, Stone Sour, Slayer, Seether, Megadeth, Anthrax, Lamb of God, Amana Marth, Mashuga, Clutch, Behemoth, Body Count, and so many more. Tickets are on sale now. Go to ChicagoOpenAir.com for all your lineup, ticket, and festival information. Chicago Open Air Festival, July 14th through 16th. Chicago's biggest hard rock festival, fueled by Monster Energy Drink. See, that wasn't so hard. All right, Pete, what's next? Um, but yeah, dude, so that is going to be an interesting little thing there. Uh, next story that we wanted to cover is uh, Ghost. They're huge. I don't know. It just happened over the years. But uh, the, the rumor is, and it is a rumor, and there's always rumors with this band. And I think that's why their popularity keeps getting bigger. Well, it's because they're all about the look. I mean, every interview oh. they do, they don't take their masks off. Well, dude, you can't even hear them. And a gimmick, look at Slipknot. Exactly. A gimmick will get you to the top, man. Right. You know, I, and, and, and I... I hate to admit that, but that shit works really well in our genre. It does. You know? Look at Kiss, dude. No, exactly. That's what I'm saying. I mean, it's like everybody loves Kiss. Is it the fact that, like, people people that are blown away by Kiss, like, lyrics, I'm, like, fucking stunned. You know what I mean? Like, when you listen to a song like Beth, you know what I mean? Like, uh, uh, it's just... Basically, it's just kind of like, sorry, I can't come home. I'm hanging with the boys. That's it. I'm real proud That's that you, you quoted a song and then you didn't know the lyrics to it. No. <laughs> or, okay, or Love Gun. You know what I mean? Where it's like, you know, beep. Uh, I, I know that from role models. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. I really love you, baby. I love what you got. Let's get together and get hot. I mean, that's like the dumbest thing. Or the best or the worst ones. There is no tomorrow, baby. Only today. Girl, I'll make you feel okay. Like, wow. Yeah. Did you, the thing is, though, is there are people that listen to that song? And it is one of my, it's one of my, those like guilty pleasure songs for me. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, if, if you don't feel anything when you listen to Love Gun, like, you're just kind of a husk of a Dude, human I being. never, I'll tell you right you're now. You're dead on the inside. I tried Kiss for Shut a while. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I Kiss. You're a fucking cunt. Yeah. yeah I just I, you can put them sure. next to Bon Jovi and Journey, bro. <laughs> I can't stand them. I, Motley Crue, these bands are all awful to me. Like, right. you know, I, I don't understand it. I think you had to be in that time. Time to you got to grow up in that time to actually understand well, why they up. were good. Yeah, but me like no, nah, these bands, none of these bands. Like I don't, I don't, I can, I can see a band that's super popular back in the day and understand why, you know, and it's be like, oh, that's dated. But those bands, I, I don't, I can't do it. They're right. guilty pleasures for people, and that's all good. Just not. What my is your, Do you have any kind of a guilty pleasure at all that you're just kind of oh, like, oh man, I man. can't believe I have that on my iPod? Or are you just like, mm. no, I, I mean, dude, for sure, no for Neil sure. Diamond, no, no, I got, I got a lot of Neil Young on there. No okay. Neil Diamond. No, you don't like Neil Diamond. I know. I'm not familiar with Neil Diamond. I, I never del- I never delved into Neil Diamond. I will fight you. You know. Um. I do have a lot of like because growing up in the '90s, I, I'm going to kick have... your face forever in blue jeans. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Uh, I love Local H. I don't know if that's a guilty pleasure. Cracklin Rose, get on board. I don't know if that's is that a Local H song? <laughs> no, it's oh, not a Local H. I love song. that band. I mean, I still buy their new records. So I mean, that's from the '90s that I grew up with, and I mean, that could be a guilty pleasure. But, right. Um. Uh, nah, dude, I don't really think I have too much that I, I'd be embarrassed to to pass on through. You know, oh, man. so God, but so um, proud. You're such a proud. No, I'm man. not. I'm not proud. I'm, uh, dude, if I, I'll own it if I like it. I, but I don't have any fucking. I don't know. I don't have any Paramore records. You know, I don't know what to tell you. You know, like, <laughs> I don't have them. No, you know? no. So and neither, uh, and nor should you. Yeah, no OTEP on my eye. No, no butcher babies on I my eye. I would fire you from this podcast. I should be Paramore. I should be fired. Well, who knows? They I might would be say good. walk into my walk into my office. They What's might, this for? Hey, who knows, You're fucking bro? Fired. Who knows? They might be good. I'm not saying anything. If I never, if I never heard a record, I don't talk shit. That's just the way I am. If I never heard a record. So, anyways, uh, moving on. <laughs> uh, shut up. Yeah, president told me to shut the fuck up. <laughs> yep. So, anyways, go. So they got the gimmick, dude. Big deal. They right? got the gimmick, and here's the thing, and it's uh, so, and it's fun to see live. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, you know, he comes out like a voodoo pope. Or I, I don't know how you would. Have you would seen you? him live or no? Uh, no, never seen. Oh, him. I've seen. I think him. I'm going to see him like three times. I think I'm going to see him in July when they open up for Iron Maiden, which is a weird pairing, by the way. Nah, it makes sense. It makes sense. I think, dude. It's 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 a it's Iron Maiden's always got like a big act. Of know, course, opening. well, they're fucking Maiden. They're Maiden, you know. But yeah. um, dude, you'll like them live. They're really. I'm sure I will. For me, I saw Ghost live. I'm like, this band's great. And then I bought the record, and I'm like, I just can't. Like, I dig it, and I and I and I still own like the first record, and then. Everybody keeps talking like, oh, you got to check it out. So I've ended up buying all like three of the records and uh, none of them 
stuck with me. Well, just you like know? you said, just like you said, I they're think they're all good. But I think they're just more in love. Me, I think they're just more in love with the the look because the look the live show is really good, though. Right, you're right. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, is like the look and the performance because you know the look and the performance makes it out like if you're watching them with no sound, you're thinking. You're going to get some hard metal, some dark music, oh, dude, and it's, it's really not that at all. It's got that occult music, though, which is dark, you know, which I like. It's that stoner stuff. But what happened, what the story is, what the rumor is, is that uh, Papa Emeritus, he got rid of the entire band, okay, and now he is uh, so he gonna, an Axl Rose. Well, that's that's the rumor, and now yeah. he's just going to probably get some cheap labor, you know, dress him up in the new outfits. Yeah. Right? That's it, yeah, <laughs> and make bank. You yeah. know, on this Iron Maiden tour. Yeah, right? you are not. Yeah, you have. That's really, the rumor. Yeah, you haven't really toured with anybody, but you learned how to play guitar through YouTube. I think you could. Here, put this you, mask. You could on. probably pull off Ghost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, put this mask on and shut the fuck up. You know, should that affect the band or the fans? Should people care that he, he got rid of the the, the entire lineup? I and, think. Yeah, I think it definitely should. I mean, I. You know, some people lose their mind when you get rid of a drummer or a bass player. But nobody but, knows, right? Nobody knows, dude. They're just the nameless ghouls, right? Right. So this is a genius move. He could totally Axl Rose this every year, you know, for cheap labor. Who's not going to tour with Ghost if you're a musician? Oh, you definitely jump on that. That's Dude. something. That's something that you put. So on this your is evil genius shit. Is it? I, I think it's evil genius shit, but it's also uh, it's also um, you know a very selfish move. I mean, it's like you know looking at it from the outside. You're like kind of eh, kind of a dick. No, move. I mean for a guy like me, I I I I, I don't like it. You right. know, I mean, I'm, but again, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of Ghost. You know, so well, you would like to think that everybody that started uh, from day one with the band, yeah, like would be able to enjoy the fruits of their labor, and apparently that's not just that's not. It's happen. a rumor. We don't know, right. but it's a fun rumor. So we'll we'll see, and we might never know. That's a, that's another great thing about this whole concept of Ghost. So, so anyways, um, interview time, right? Right. Yeah. So Dude. we ended up talking with uh, Will Putney. From- yeah. Fit for an autopsy. They got a brand new album coming out here, St. Paddy's Day, March 17th, The Great Collapse. Yeah, dude, it's a beast, too. And I mean, he's a great producer. We go into the producing stuff in this interview and all that stuff. So uh, I think you guys will enjoy it. Uh, unfortunately, I mean, unfortunately, it was on a cell phone, so it was a little, yeah, was, there was uh, a little, ta- a little whatever, but uh, it's still good, dude. Let's, let's hit it, man. All right, Will Putney from Fit for an Autopsy. Metal Sucks podcast here, and we got Will Putney from Fit for an Autopsy on the phone. How you doing, brother? Hey, man, how are you? Doing great, man, doing really great. So uh, the new record, The Great Collapse, it's a beast, right? Thank you. Yeah, yeah, and uh, the overall message, what do you want the overall message to be for the listener to gain from listening to this album? Um, It's a a reflection on the world, you know. The short answer is, like, there's there's a lot of stuff out there we don't agree with, a lot of things we like to address uh, about what's wrong in our world, and... I think the record touches on a lot of different issues related to that, um, how it affects you as a person, you know, as well. And, and uh, it's like a very personal kind of view of the world and, and it's decline in our eyes. And it's pretty, pretty frustrated, angry, you know, vibe that uh, I think I'm, I'm happy how we were able to accomplish it on this one. So mm. it's not it's not a happy one. There's not a positive ending on this one. Right. Yeah. It's so funny because uh, in November, you know, after the election, Pete was uh, trying to be positive about things. And he's like, dude, there's going to be some great metal coming out I after said. this. People are going to be pissed. There's going to be some great metal. Do you do you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, wholeheartedly. Uh, uh, you know, I think it, it, that's, you know, for me, when I got into heavy music, you know, I grew up in sort of a hardcore scene. And that, you know, the message in the band was as important as the music. You know, so it's always been like that to me. And the shittier the world gets, the you know more the more ammo metal bands get. So, so you know, although it's terrible for the world, it's great for metal. That's 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 my positive message. That's exactly what I said. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, this is yeah, awful yeah. for the world, but my my ears are gonna just love everything. Yeah, so, when when people are smiling, metal just I don't know. It just, I, that's it. Just you can't do it. You can't do it. You Nobody, gotta you gotta keep things positive on some well, aspect, right? right? <laughs> so, um, on this ref from uh, for me when I was listening to this record, man, I thought the riffs were a lot more almost like doom orientated, like uh, you know, opposed to the onslaught of like previous albums. I mean, was this organic or intentional, or was I just really high when I was listening to the record? No, I mean we. I'm a Doom fan. I I know a couple of my other guys in my band are, and um, you know we 
we sort of our taste, I guess, have changed a bit over the years. And um, I don't really, I don't really listen to much like extreme metal anymore. The stuff I listen to it's a bit more kind of Tyrone slower stuff. So it was only a matter of time before it just crept its way into what we do. Because I, when I sit down to write a song now, I want to like it. <laughs> and and uh, you know, ten years ago or eight years ago when we did our first record. I was jamming different stuff. I was into different stuff, and I got more excited about playing that style of music. And now today, I want to hear music that I like, and that's kind of what I like now. So, so there it is. You know, it definitely was intentional for sure. How many uh, different elements? Like, you know, are there different genres that you listen to that actually go into the to the writing process? Yeah, I mean, I I did this thing this time where I tried to not listen to anything. When I when I when I actually sat down to write the record, but before I got into it, I was kind of just overloading myself with with new music. I was I spent a lot of time traveling last year. I was in Australia for two months, kind of by myself, making a record out there, and I was just like sponging up new music left and right. And and I think uh, it definitely helped me expand. So you know, my my head was fresh, was full of fresh ideas when I came into this one. And then I kind of just shut the world out and take it because I'm trying to create something that's my own without, you know, without leaning on other, on other, you know, bands or artists that, that are putting out music currently. So it's like a, you absorb and then you just like get and then you just spin it all out on your own was kind of how I did it this time. But yeah, I mean, I would have pulled in my mind, I feel like I would have pulled stuff from a lot of different genres on this one. Yeah, you know, it was sort of, sort of a goal I had in mind to make a more dynamic record. And Fit for an Autopsy, to me, you guys have always had a very specific identity as a band. Um, and, and, I mean, that's important to any form of art, I think. Um, but do you feel that's like a, as a collective, or is it more like your leadership that keeps that identity uh, where it's at? It's got to be a collective thing. I mean, one guy can't... There, I can't really think of anything in our world where one guy you know, can really dictate that for a band and it works, you know. And and I also feel like I wouldn't want to make music and, and be a band with guys that didn't have similar similar mindset to me or didn't share at least some similar values and sort of morals and, you know, standpoints on the world. But we all kind of have to collectively back everything we do, everything we write, everything we say, talk about how we present ourselves to the world. Like, it's all of it. We have, we're on the same page. Oh, it's a collective thing. I don't think it works without it being it like that, you know. And uh, you guys get away from the traditional two gu- two guitar sound. You guys have three guitars. And uh, what are the advantages and what are the disadvantages of having three guitar players? For me, it's like uh, when we start to expand our sound a bit, and you know, when you listen to records that are outside of just like extreme metal, you you hear a lot. There's a there is a lot more going on. Might not be as technical, but there are just more layers to somebody's song than you can do with two human beings playing playing guitar. So uh, I always thought it would be I always thought since we had, you know, more guys and we could expand on it that it would help us grow musically to be able to pull off more stuff. Um, obviously like in the studio you can have a million guitar tracks, you know, but uh, it, it was just it was it for me it was always, you know, it was always cool to have more players in case it ever called for it. And, you know, as far as, you know, I don't tour full time. So having the band be able to go out and play as a five piece whenever they need to, uh, and still sound great and, you know, not have Phil and guys have a permanent member, you know, it just seemed to make more sense. But that, that's actually how it started. We knew we needed somebody. I wouldn't be able to do some of the touring. You know, it picked up pretty fast for the band, and um, we just brought in a sixth member instead of, you know, instead of kind of downplaying that guy. Or, or it's just like, hey, you're just a fill And we're like, well, let's get a guy who's going to be a part of our band because we know we're going to need this for the long haul. Uh, and I'm glad we did it like that because that was Tim and Tim's awesome. Now, when you when when you are touring with them, and, and there's the six guys on the band uh, on the stage, it, the smaller stages, is there any bloodshed? You guys run into each other, or is it honestly? It, they've been a five piece unit for a minute now. Oh, okay. Um, it's it's very rare that I play. I'm like the problem solver guy now. This dude can't get into Canada, so I go play shows there, or somebody's got a wedding or something, so I have to try to so, like 
I'm really, really busy making records, which which I'm very fortunate to be in that spot now. Um, and because if I were to leave this job for a year and tour, I would probably not have it when I came back and, you know, making music is what I want to do for a living, and I sort of have this dream job. It's really, really hard to let go. Even though I want to be out there all the time, it, it, it's become incredibly difficult to give that up. You know, and honestly, the band runs really smooth with a guy home and guys out on the road. You know, in emergency situations, there's always somebody around. Like, it's just kind of like having a backup plan all the time. And and it's been great for us. It's definitely, like, helped keep the band on their feet, you know. And, and I see that's like kind of, kind of an advantage for us that some other bands don't have. Right, and uh, that's actually amazing. That's a, that's probably the first time I've ever heard of somebody doing something like that. I mean, how many people are envious of your position? You know, because you get to you get to be in a band, but you don't have to tour. I mean, that's usually the most grueling part about being in a band. Yeah, but it's fun too. I mean, honestly, I miss it. You know, and we, you know, the first few tours the band did when I was out with them were a blast. And every time they go out and I see a lot of pictures come back in, but I kind of want to see it. Right. You know, but it's not. It doesn't feel great all the time. I mean, yeah, sure, there's, there's a downside story, too, where I'm like, oh, well, you're broken down in a real night in the winter somewhere. I'll just go back to sleep, I'll, but I'll call Triple A for you. You know, it's like, <laughs> I, uh, I definitely get to not, you know, eat shit all the time. But, but uh, it's a give and take, you know. Those guys get to see it in action, and I really don't all the time. So it's sort of bittersweet in that sense. So one thing with the with the new record when uh, when I got the when I first saw it like the cover art stood out right away and I wanted to listen to that immediately just from the cover art. Uh, tell us the story behind the cover art for this one. Yeah, well, Adam Burke did it. Who's one of my favorite oil painters? Um, he's been just like consistently putting out great work. And uh, I, you know, I, as soon as when we were thinking about who to pick, he was sort of my first pick, and I was stoked that he was on board to do it. And I kind of threw a crazy concept at him too, because this guy draws like farts and like kind of, you know, he's, he's, he's got like a style that is a bit more abstract. And I threw this kind of curveball at him. I'm like, okay, so I want to do all this. Is that cool? And he's like, yeah, I can do it. Yes. You know, I was, I was expecting a no and I got a yes. So it was great. And I think he killed it. Um, it's the, the idea around the cover was sort of loosely based on this, like, Buddhist view of suffering, and I kind of wanted to just, without, like, insulting the culture, just kind of borrow the style of the storytelling from those images um, and sort of apply it to modern times. And that's kind of what you get on the cover. It tells its own little story as it goes through the panel, and it kind of relate to the song. So I, I, thought it was, I thought it was a good way to kind of tie in all the subject matters into like one piece for the cover. Do you prefer producing records for established acts or hungry new bands? Ooh, that's a tough question. Um, a little both probably, you know, I think, you know, nothing's better than finding the band that's the next big thing and, and being a part of that, to, you know, rise to success. It's always a great feeling. Um, it's also nice to work with bigger veteran bands because, you get treated a little better, maybe you get paid a little better. It's a little easier to make records sometimes. On the flip side of that, there's also, you know, egos and sort of there's other things that come into play that make make records more difficult. Um, but I like a little both, honestly. I, I try to sprinkle the year with, with some of each, and I feel like that's you know, keeps me from going crazy. And, I, and out of all the records that you did produce, that people came to you and said, look, here's, here's the music that we have. Can you make it better? What do you think, what band do you think you helped out the most just with your expertise? Man, I couldn't tell you. I feel like I treat every project pretty, pretty much the same, you know, and I sort of, I sort of go in with it. I put the same amount of work into them all, right. you know, I, um, you know, whether or not I'm hands-on for a whole record or not, if I'm producing a record, I'm always combing through every song with every band and working on it. I mean, it ranges from just fixing up little things here and there and to just rewriting albums and songs and, you know, lyrics and melodies. But but uh, I really couldn't tell you who I helped the most because 
I feel like I try to help everyone the same, you know. Okay. Uh, how, how about this? And without, like, without blowing up someone's spot, I really don't want to say. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't put this much work into you guys, but you guys, hell yeah, I did. And uh, <laughs> How many times have you uh, ever actually been surprised by how good it turned out? Where, you know, you, you listened to the finished product and you were just like, Jesus Christ, I'm good. I, I don't really ever get to that point. You know, yeah. there's stuff I listen to that I'm like, that's cool. I like the way that sounds, but uh, I, you know, I don't believe blown smoke of my own ass. And I also don't, I still, you know, I'm certainly a kid like my records, but I hear records all the time where I'm like, fuck, that guy is so much better than me. Like, <laughs> I, I, what am I doing with my life? And, and if I rewind time and go a year back or two back or three years back and listen to some records like that, I'm always like, do you think, what am I doing? You know, so, so I, I'm always surprised at how bad I think my material. <laughs> do you think? Do you think that's important though for a creative person to be like? If you're optimistic about your art, I mean, you're obviously going to think that you don't have to improve. Do you think that's what's so important about what you do? Is the fact that you are pessimistic? The fact that you do pick apart your own work probably harder than anybody? Yeah, I mean, you have to. You have to keep improving especially make like in my world, you, you, the minute you start to put, you know, the minute you put cruise control on and you just think you're shit and yeah, bands just think to listen to you and you, you, you don't involve, you're going to get left behind because there are a lot of kids like me who are hungry, who are dying to do this, who would give up everything to do this while working super hard at it. And the minute you get lazy on that, you're going to start to get passed by them. You know, it's a it's a really competitive world. There's not there's there's a lot of cool bands out there, but there's not really a lot of cool bands out there. And the ones that are really, you know, the ones that everybody wants to do this is sort of a short list. And to get to that point, it, it's really hard. And like taking shortcuts or not really putting that kind of work in, like you'll ne- it, it shows in the end. It was, it'll never really get you there. I, I'm sure that applies to everything, but I mean, it, I feel it. All the time in that world, I see some of the older guys making records who used to just knock them out of the park, and I and I hear an album I'm like that guy did this. Like, are you kidding me? You know, and you just know you know that he is half dead. And 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 when I hear that stuff, it just fires me up. I'm like, I'm just never going to see that, and I'll just try to keep getting better. And when I'm his age, like, yeah, cool. I'll 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 probably get ahead of him. You know, so that's the thing that keeps me going at least. I'm going to ask you kind of a selfish question because I got you on the phone. Um, but uh, And it's real specific. But my favorite record of last year of 2016 was uh, Every Time I Die is Low Teens. Now, can you... Oh, and, and Map Change, when I heard that song, it floored me. And I mean, I listened to it constantly. Can you specifically tell me what it was like recording that song? Um, yeah, that song was... It was kind of funny. It used to, the working title of that song was Chest Pack in... Uh, as which as the kind of meant like the kid at the show who's screaming the lyrics, patting his chest, like uh, and like the, the the song we knew the song was good, like right away. But everybody was kind of uh, there was like a little hesitation on it because it's a bit out of the box for every time I die. Um, and then it just became you know what's the lyrics from the brother, and everybody realized like the potential that that one had. Uh, you know, it went from being this, like, I don't know if we should do this, to being, everyone being really excited about it. Um, and I think, like, he's by far one of my favorite vocals that I've ever worked with. He's just, he's got such a cool brain, and, you know, his writing style and performance in the studio is just, it's really, like, second to none. You know, I put him up with up there with the best of anyone I've ever worked with. So doing that tracking that song was like so fun and it's definitely one of those things where when it's done you listen back but you're like yes i know this is gonna work um but yeah those that was that record that whole record was a blast to make and you know it's 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 not super often that i get to work with a band that's been around for that long that sort of has been through so many producers and kind of knew so much about how to make a record they came in so right for it that it was just like a pleasure to do you know yeah well for me like you know as a longtime fan of that band um that record just it just floored me because i don't know what number it is like eight for him but it was it sounded completely new it sounded completely different the songs were all just well put together but uh, like i said that specific song 
Like it's stuck with me through this whole, you know, the whole year. And that's, that's hard to do considering how much media is thrown at everybody, like music wise, movie wise, all that stuff. It's hard to just have something connect with you and stay with you for a very long time. And I mean, that one really yeah. did. So that's why I wanted to specifically ask about that track, you know? So, but, uh, yeah, well, so, thanks. I mean, I, I, honestly, going into that record, I was probably more nervous than any record I've ever done in my life just because of the lineage of that band and how they've had this sort of career of these songs that do stay, you know? Um, and, and I'm, I'm happy to hear from people that, you know, these songs connect like that, like that, as good or better than some of the older stuff. So, yeah, very, yeah. very cool. Knocked it out of the park. It was excellent. So, for you, producer wise or artist wise, um, what makes a record truly successful? Is I mean, and like I said, you can talk about sound scan, sound scan numbers or fans' reactions, but what to you, when you walk away or after time goes by, makes you say that was truly a success? I think the stuff that sets, you know, the trends are, are the ones that feel successful to me. And and I, I, the ones that I, in my career, that I feel like have been my most successful probably weren't my biggest selling ones or whatever, but they were the ones that everybody started to chase, like, once the albums came out. You know, you see it in metal, you see it in music all the time. Like, somebody puts something out, it's the new thing, and then there's it's followed by a wave of bands that just want to do exactly that. They want to sound like that. You know, and, and it started, you know, I remember when Kills for Two Days came out and then there were uh, 10,000 metalcore bands with singing and the choruses, all the stuff. That, you know, so like the metal's gone through this over the years where a friend would show up and people would chase it and stuff. And if you can be the kind of guy that makes the record that is the thing everybody wants to be, like those, those feel like the most successful ones because you've created something that's got all, you know, from the artist standpoint, you have like all the artists in the community wish they were that. And that's like, yeah, that's like the ultimate reward. Yeah. All right. On the flip side of that, what makes a record a failure? If it's just like, I, but sometimes I see brands that, are, that shouldn't be in there. Like they just like don't, they're just, it's better than working at McDonald's. So they're just in a band. Because for one reason or, or another, like, Kids go to their shows and they can sell some tickets or some merch, so they just do it because you know college is too hard and they don't want to get a real job. And, and 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 I've come across those in my career, and, and I know those kids, and it's just like there's no soul to it sometimes, or it's just this is just a thing I do because I don't have anything else going on. And sometimes they're just not passionate; they just don't care about their music or their or their image or their songs or anything. You know, and, and, uh, like I have a hard time. I think those bands are always just a waste of time. You know, to me, those are, whether they're successful or not, they just look like a failure. You know, it's like you don't care about what you're doing. And you can tell in the music that it's just soulless. You know, those, those are, those are kind of the ones I, I avoid, you know. Is there an element to uh, is there an element that is currently happening right now in metal that you just wish would go away? Uh, yeah, probably. Um, do you know what that is? Or, or do you, do you, do you, <laughs> yeah, well, I got a few for you. I'm trying to be nice for that. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I, I wish fans would just think for themselves. I think everything's better when you just have your own ideas, you know? And when, when, when I used to go to shows 15 years ago, you'd have some, like these crazy mixed shows with all these bands. Everybody would like everything and nothing would sound the same. And it was just, it, you just got so much more out of going to shows and buying records because it was just more creative, you know? And it's not like lack of creativity where you just do something that's simple or that works. That happens a lot in metal now. Um, it happens everywhere. It's worse than obvious. But, you know, at least now it can be difficult to play that kind of get your instrument. You know, it, it's, it's just music in general. You know, it's, it's the, the trend following. Yeah, it's just the thing I wish would stop a bit. You know, if we had more bands trying new things, we'd have better records to listen to. Right. We'd have worse records to listen to, but we'd have better ones too. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. We need the bad ones to make the good ones look good, is basically what you're saying. Yeah, but that's the thing. I mean, you got to, you know, that, that risk, is, is, you know, bands don't want to take it. 
You're right. And they don't want to. They don't want to try. And then, I'm not saying you go from oh you're a death metal band. No, you're a post rock band now. Like those letter records that sounds like that. But it's just like take try to do something that someone else hasn't done yet. Why write the same riff that you know another band's already written and probably done better? Like what's what's the point in that? Thing? Right, right. And especially now, that's got to be kind of hard, though. I mean, it's almost like I'm listening listening to music just in general, music in general. And it's like, where do you go from here? Like everything. Oh, it's crazy hard. You know, it's you're right. It's insanely hard. And and, and it, it, there's no it's not like I create music all day. Every day that no one's heard before in my life. You just have to you just have to try to make something your own. You know, like it gets comparisons to bands all the time. And. Some of those kids aren't wrong, probably. You know, it's just, you know, you're going to cross paths with something eventually, or, or what, what is it that gets reflow patch up, you know, you know. But uh, you just got to, you know, you just try to make your own thing. And I think that's what is lacking a little bit sometimes. Yeah. Cool. And last two questions, bud. The, uh, the first one is uh, in your entire career producing artistically what record that you've been a part of feels like the biggest success Ooh, that's tough i weigh success by kind of how people what how people I, the feedback that i get from people about what i've done from the from the artists that i kind of respect and stuff i guess is how i weigh respect mm-hmm. in, in that sense um and uh, i i i guess I just knew every time I got one, it's been great. It's definitely, it's definitely made a lot of kind of people who never really give you a shot or paid attention, pay attention. And I've definitely gotten more praise on that, um, from, from more veteran guys and that I respect, you know, that, that, I, you know, I've been more surprised that they would even take the time out to let me know they thought something I did was cool. Um, so that's one of my favorite ones. Um, we did a North Lane record a few years ago that turned a lot of heads, and, and, and a lot of people were really, you know, uh, it was like, maybe because it was younger, like earlier in my career, whatever, it was one of the first ones that really exploded that I really noticed. People were paying a little more attention to what I was doing. That was like a cool step up for me, I guess, too. So I, I maybe those two, I guess, are my, have, were probably the best received, you know? And on the on the same thing on the flip side, which record, if you had a second chance to go out, whether like I said, it's it's a, a fit for an autopsy record or a record you produce, if you had a second chance to make it a little stronger, which one would you uh, would you pick? Whenever I don't really go back on my stuff. Gotcha. I write it at the time. That's what it is. It's done. It goes out there, and that's just what we were doing at the time. You know. Um, and kids like it or they don't, we just move on and evolve from it. And I think we're always going to be like that. I'll never look, I never look back on my records and go, what was I doing? I just look back and go, I listened to some funny stuff then, I guess. Or, you know, it's, it, it's, it's, um, it's part of like the, that, the just growing as an artist, you know, I'm more stoked when I listen to something that I, you know, I think could have been better in 2011. And then I hear the next record. I'm like, oh yeah, I got that right. This on this song, you know, like I can, as long as I can see myself improving, and then I'm okay, you know. And then there's a lot of records where I go back into part of like kind of the bummer of what I do, like the downside to it is it sort of ruins the records that you make for yourself because there's no record that I can listen to. Literally, I don't think any where there's not something that always sticks out where I'm like, oh, I wish I made this snare drum do this here or this one thing flowing like they'll 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 just eat at you forever. So you just gotta go forward. I think even the ones that don't do as well or maybe me and the band didn't get along or maybe, you know, I wish I, the songs could have been better, I could have tried something else that would have worked. It's just I think for me it's just part of like learning. You know, and, and as long as I'm moving forward and progressing and trying to get better at making records, then I don't really look at any of them as failures, I guess. Gotcha. I know that's like a corny answer, but it's no, kind of how it is. Totally no, understand. No, now, of course. So remixing and remastering, and when bands do that on 20th anniversaries and 10th anniversaries, are you a fan of that, or do you think that's a kind of a, a bad move? Uh, I think it's cool. I did, um, I've done it before, and it's been, it's been cool. I, I'm nervous about doing them. I don't like screwing up everyone's favorite record from 2001, you know? Yeah. Um, 
I remastered Two Poison the Well Records a few years ago, and I didn't want to do it. <laughs> in my mind, I didn't want to do it. I was like, I so many people love this record, and I'm going to go in and, and fuck with it. And then, uh, then it's on me if I ruin your favorite record. You know, so it's, um, yeah, it's like real stressful to do, especially when they're important albums. But um, sometimes you can just make them sound a little better, and then that's cool. You know, there's a lot of records that are 10, 20 years old where the recording technology isn't caught up to what it is today. And you actually could go back in and kind of redo them, you know. I've got, there's some stuff coming up where that was really, I don't know if I can talk about it yet, but there's some reissue stuff that's been remixed and mastered that I had a chance to do from an old metal band that I really, really liked. And I, I really was able to bring what was a really cruddy recording like to life again. And, you know, it was pretty rewarding to to knock that one out. So it could be cool. It could be disastrous, too. But, you know, you just got to just baby steps. Uh, walk on eggshells on, on those, and, and then I'm cool with them. Excellent. Excellent, excellent. man. So uh, uh, fit, for the opt- fit for an Autopsy's new record, The Great Collapse. It comes out St. Patrick's Day, Friday, March 17th, guys. It's a beast. It's a great record. Will, you should be totally proud of it. It's excellent. And uh, the Thank band you, is currently on tour with uh, After the Burial and Immure all the way through March 23rd. Are you going to be on those dates? Uh, I'll be out on some of them. Some the of week them. our record comes out, um, I'm going to be rolling with the band for a bit and stuff. So I'll, I'll be around. Excellent, excellent. It's like, uh, I don't know if you know, like, Brett from Bad Religion. Yeah. It's like when you see him, you're like, oh, he's there. And then half the time he's not, though. I think it's the same setup, right? <laughs> or no. It, yeah. Yeah, because he uh, produces well, two I'm a lot in it. I know, yeah. Brett's a bit, Brett's sicker than me, so I, uh, yeah, I'll I'll bow out of that Brett and Brett. <laughs> <laughs> Right on, so, Will. Thanks, Will. Uh, Will Putney from Fit for an Autopsy. Thank you so much for calling into the Metal Sucks podcast, man. We really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thank you guys for you know caring about what we do too. It's awesome. Excellent, Thanks. man. Will you be good, man? We'll see you on tour. All right, guys. See you soon.
Metal Sucks Podcast. Do you feel nice? Or are you really just Fit for an autopsy. Once again, that new album comes out March 17th, The Great Collapse. We, Run out to your local record store and get it. Yeah, we uh, we played two songs off of it. it. Like I said, it is a really good record, man. The first song we played was Heads Will Hang. The second one is Iron Moon off the new record, The Great Collapse. Um, dude, I mean, just a, a, the producing stuff, dude. He's just an exciting guy to, to have around and even, you know, have a conversation with. So, um, and all that stuff, dude. So, um, I don't know. Learned a lot. Learned a lot. Well, <laughs> I got my selfish question in about every time I die. So there you go, bro. So that's pretty much it for the Metal Sucks podcast. Well, this week's edition of the Metal Sucks podcast. I want to thank all you guys for listening. Uh, make sure you jump on metalsucks.net for all of your heavy metal needs and knowledge. Anything and else? As always, guys, throw comments in there. We read them. We will, uh, you know, address if there's anything that needs to be addressed. And, uh, dude. Yeah, there know. were a couple of guys out there that said, uh, Pete and I suck black hawks. Oh, that's cool though. Yeah, that's that was, a that's yeah. a compliment. And dude. then and then one guy jumped in and said Shawn Michaels cock, and I was like, wait dick. a minute. Yeah, it's well, it dick. turned out. Well, it turned out. I thought he was talking about the pro wrestler, and he's not black. But he was talking about a porn star named Shawn Michaels who does have a big dick. Oh well, dude, that's what I'm saying. And, and you know, to handle a big dick, you gotta you gotta know what you're doing. And that's what I hear. We know what we're doing because we suck the, the good dicks. <laughs> <laughs> that is a prime example of the book. Uh, yes, sir. All, All right. right, guys, that's it for Metal Sucks podcast. We'll see you guys around. Peace. The Metal Sucks Podcast is signing off. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.